Welcome to Marxist Voice, bringing you ideas and analysis from Socialist Appeal, the Marxist voice of labour and youth. For regular updates, subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes or any major podcast provider or visit www.socialist.net. The victory of the Conservative Party of Boris Johnson last Friday was greeted, of course, with a wave of jubilation in all the stock exchanges, the bankers, the capitalists of the world. Of course, they were delighted, naturally, at this result, um, but not as delighted as some other people I could mention, the, the people who were really interested in a Tory victory and the defeat of the Labour Party. I'm referring, of course, to the closet Conservatives and Lib Dems in the present parliamentary Labour Party. The fact of the matter is, you see, that these ladies and gentlemen have been preparing for a Labour defeat and willing and wishing for a Labour defeat ever since 2017, when their nose was put out of joint by the fact that Jeremy Corbyn despite the, all the predictions of the pundits and the 20% lead that the Conservatives had at that time, succeeded in galvanising the Labour Party, the Labour movement, in a marvellous campaign, which almost led to the defeat of the Conservatives at that time. And despite what is said, and a lot is being said at the moment, we'll come to that in a minute, despite everything that's said about Jeremy Corbyn, the fact of the matter is this one man, through his courageous activity, succeeded in galvanizing and mobilizing the enthusiasm of a whole generation of workers, of young people in particular, the youth, who overwhelmingly support Labour now, uh, also to galvanize the Labour Party, to give it a new lease of life. I think somebody said, an old friend of mine said on television recently, that he actually recovered the soul of the Labour Party, and that's a fair comment. Until that time, as much the Labour Party was pretty dead under the, the dead hand of the, the old Blairites who dominated and crushed the living daylights out of the Labour Party and destroyed its essence and thereby alienated the whole layer of the electorate. This uh, fa fact must be, must be stressed. Yes, they wanted Labour to be defeated because a Corbyn victory would not have suited them. Of course, a Corbyn victory would have suited the capitalist class, the bankers and capitalists, even less. There never has been, I think, in the whole history of British politics, such a, ca a venomous campaign of vilification, or attempt to demonize or destroy an individual politician, personally and politically, as the vile attacks which have been constantly leveled against Jeremy Corbyn ever since he was elected uh, Labour, Labour leader. These attacks, by the way, ought to tell us something. I mean, if, 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 a, if a Labour leader is praised by the capitalist press, as Tony Blair undoubtedly was praised by the capitalist press, they should ask themselves the question that the old German social democratic leader August Bebel said before the, the First World War, when, when the press one day praised him, he said, what have I done wrong? What has old Bebel done wrong that they should praise me? Well, that's, uh, that's quite an accurate assessment of the uh, attitude of our wonderful free press. Free for what, I might ask? Certainly free from any pretense of telling the truth. Free from any loyalty to the British public and its interests. Yes, but not at all free 
from the shackles of big business and for the, the diktats of the ruling class, because those are the interests which are served by our wonderful media, and how well they fulfilled that role in the recent election campaign. I say, a campaign of vilification that's unknown, that's unprecedented. I think I can't think of any example in my lifetime, which is quite long, of any individual that was so attacked and so vilified as Jeremy Corbyn. And that should tell us something. Why was Corbyn the, such, the, the, the object of such hatred, such uh, attacks on the part of the ruling class? Only for one reason. Behind the hatred, there was another emotion, another passion, if you like, and that was fear. Oh yes, fear. This man, he's got his faults, I have my criticism of Jeremy Corbyn, anyone is free to criticize anyone else. Yes, but let's give him his due. Under colossal pressure, under intolerable circumstances, he stuck to his guns and he actually proposed a program, a radical program, which went directly against the interests of big business, the city of London and so on, the fat cats. This is what they feared. And above all, they feared a, 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 a Labour government, rather, under Jeremy Corbyn, under these circumstances, under the pressure of the working class, could have gone even further than what he proposed. Now they're trying to say, oh, it was the programme, the programme was rejected, and so on. The Financial Times the other day said that the socialist programme put forward by the Labour Party has been now tested to destruction. Well, not so. Not true. Not at all true. As a matter of fact, the basic ideas of Labour's programmes, of nationalising the railway, the fat cats of the... Uh, the, the energy companies and so on, got a tremendous impact. Uh, the, the restoration of the pensions which had been stolen from a whole generation of unfortunate women and other things, the national health, all this did connect in a big way. Unfortunately, it was cut across by Brexit. I think that was the main uh, thing. It's, it's true Brexit. But this, this poisonous uh, thing which has divided the, the whole country. And let's, be, let's call a spade a shovel. What is Brexit? What's the whole business about? It's a struggle between two wings of the ruling class. Now, the more nor less, the interests of the working people of Britain don't enter into this, not in the slightest degree. And there's no way that any serious socialist should support either side in this gang of Brexiteers or Remainers if it comes to that. Yes, Labour did suffer as a result of uh, an ambiguous or confused uh, position on, on Brexit. That's not an accident. That's the difference, you know, with 2017. In 2017, the same Labour Party, led by the same leader, Jeremy Corbyn, got a wonderful result on the basis of a left-wing radical programme, so that the Financial Times is simply not telling the truth. But there was a difference. In 2017, Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party stated that they would respect the result of the referendum, but they would fight. That's correct. They would fight to defend conditions, wages and uh, the interests of the working people. That was a fair enough position to take. And that would have connected with millions of poor people of Labour supporters traditionally in the North East and in Wales who got nothing out of EU membership, who have suffered, who are still suffering terrible privation, poverty, unemployment, and who feel neglected and rejected, if you like, by the political elite, elite in, in Westminster. It would have connected. It did connect in 2070. The, the proof is, 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 is there in the statistics. Yes, but there was a change.
What was the change? The change was that under intense pressure from the Remainers, that's to say the Blairites, in the parliamentary Labour Party, Labour and Corbyn was pushed and pushed and pushed into a position which was, if it wasn't to remain, it was very close to remain. That certainly alienated and repulsed many people, workers in the North East, who felt that this was enough, that Labour was trying to block their aspirations, that Labour was being undemocratic, was trying to stop Brexit by undemocratic means, and so on and so forth. There you can see the revolt of many, many people in the North who are not Conservatives, they're not Tories, they didn't vote for Boris Johnson or for the Conservatives with any enthusiasm whatsoever, but purely on this poisonous question of Brexit. Who's responsible? You know, I was quite amused this morning to, to, to hear on the news that uh, Emily Thornberry, who's now thrown a hat into the ring, it seems, looking for Je Jeremy Corbyn's job, is saying, oh no, in private, she's going to say this in Panorama tonight, apparently. I, I will watch that programme with interest. Oh yes, in, pri in private, if you please, in private. She warned before the election that Labour would lose because they had an ambiguous position on the EU, on Brexit. Oh yes. Yes, and if we'd have accepted her advice and the advice of Sir Keir Starmer, what would the position have been? For Labour to abandon its ambiguous position and unambiguously embrace the EU and all its works. Abandon Brexit, yes. That would be like a red rag to a bull to the people in the, in the North. Far from be, the present defeat would have been turned into an absolute catastrophe if the advice of these people had been uh, heard. Incidentally, lots of people say lots of things in private, which are entirely meaningless and can't be proven one way or the other. But in any case, what I'm saying is this that the, ultimately it was the, uh, the bad policy, the wrong policy of the Blairites who represent what? What do these Blairites and the PLP represent? The interests of the labour movement, the interests of working people? Far from it. They are a fifth column, a Trojan horse, representing the interests of the business class, of big business within the Labour Party. That's their interest. And since big business is, is remain is in favour of staying in the EU, these guys, these g girls and boys, are also in favour of staying in the EU. Nothing more, no less. And now they've all come out of the woodwork now to heap abuse once again on the, heads of, on the head of Jeremy Corbyn. These people in the Parliamentary Labour Party have, been, have had nothing on their mind for years, since Corbyn was elected, they've had nothing, only one objective, to get rid of Jeremy Corbyn. Now they seem to have succeeded, at least partially. Unfortunately, and it is very unfortunate, that Jeremy Corbyn and uh, John McDonald have announced that they're going to step down. Not immediately, it's true. And these gangsters now are pressurizing, the, oh, no, no, that's not good enough, they must step down immediately. Yes, in order that they can stick the knife in and move, push the Labour Party, they hope, far to the right. If they could get away with it, this would really be a catastrophe for Labour, if they could get away with it, but I don't think they will get away with it. I mean, what, what future would there be for the Labour Party to return to this, this, this gang, this Blairite uh, version of Toryism? That's what it boils down to, closet Tories, that's all these people are. What future would that uh, represent? And how they hate Corbyn, you can see that on election night, even before the result was, 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 was announced, even immediately after the, ex, the exact exit poll was, was announced, they were gathering like, uh, like, I don't know, like a witch's Sabbath. 
<laughs> in the two in, in the TV studios, all the old corpses, like as I said in an article. It reminded me of the old horror film, you know, the black and white horror film, The Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, there they were, Ed Balls, uh, Jack, Jack, Jack Straw was there, uh, Alan Johnson, all these people. Alan Johnson, oh yes, who, who was demanding now the expulsion of momentum from the... He wants the, he wants the momentum to be out of the Labour Party. Oh yes, of course, of course he does. Now, let's call a spade a shovel. These people want to blame everything on Jeremy Corbyn. He's responsible. Only one man's responsible, which is a lie. It's a complete uh, damnable lie. If anyone's responsible for the sabotage of Labour campaign, it's these uh, ladies and gentlemen sitting comfortably in the PLP. Oh, yes. Jeremy Corbyn made mistakes. Did, did Jeremy Corbyn make mistakes? I th yes, I think, in fairness, I have to say, uh, personally, I think that Jeremy did make some mistakes, not the mistakes that these people are barking and baying and crowing about, not those mistakes, other mistakes. Now I speak to you, as you know, as a Marxist, as a dedicated Marxist, and you know there is a difference. I make my position clear. I greatly admire Jeremy Corbyn as an individual, as a human being, and as a dedicated socialist. And Jeremy Corbyn has all our support. He had our support. All the time that he's been elected in the fight against the right wing, he continues to have that support and that respect. Yes, but I have to say this as one friend to another. You know, a good friend is not, not somebody that always pats you on the back and says, well, you're right, of course, you're right, when, when you're clearly wrong. Jeremy Corbyn is a dedicated socialist, yes, but he's not really a Marxist, Jeremy. Not really a Marxist. He's what I would call, call same with John McDonald, an old friend of mine. He's what I would call a left reformist, an honest left reformist, a dedicated, courageous left reformist, but a left reformist. Somebody that basically still believes that it's possible to reform capitalism in, in a certain way. All the reforms that he proposed, by the way, we, we accept, we, we support those reforms. We support any, any movement to protect and defend the living standards and conditions of working people. That goes without seeing, as a complete support. Yes, but the problem with left reformism, what I would, I would sum it up in this way. It's very good as far as it goes, but it doesn't go far enough. That's what I would say. And the trouble is that left reformers tend to compromise. They tend to retreat. They're too nice, if you like. <laughs> That's my criticism of, of Jeremy and John. They're far too nice. They've been far too nice against these gangsters that are constantly attacking them and have been trying to destroy them for ever since they were uh, elected. This is a mistake. It was a mistake. The first mistake was not to allow the rank and file of the Labour Party to carry through a process, a democratic process, I hasten to add, of deselection of the MPs. Yes, these gangsters in the Parliament, but they're demanding the right to remove Jeremy Corbyn because they don't approve of him. Don't they constituency parties have the right to do the same with them? To demand their removal? If they don't approve of them, of course they have that right, it's in the Constitution. And the overwhelming majority of party members were in favour of deselection. And it should and could have been carried out at that time, some years ago. It was stopped. Why? Because of a fear on the part of the NEC or the Labour leaders or the trade union leaders in, in particular, and Momentum, by the way, who, backed, who, who scandalously backed away from this position, they were stopped from carrying out the only possible policy for saving the Labour Party, which is to purge it. Boris Johnson, by the way, was quite uh, right from his point of view. When he, when he was uh, attacked and criticised by 
elements of the uh, Tory leaders, he got rid of them without any ceremony. He expelled them. Why should we not do the same now with people who have consistently sabotaged Jeremy Corbyn from the word go? I think we should. And I think that was a mistake that it was not done before. Same with anti-Semitism, which is clearly a smear which has been invented and used in an unscrupulous uh, fashion by people who wish to destroy Jeremy Corbyn. That's the only purpose of it, believe me, my friends. I've been a Labour of the Labour Party for 60 years. I've been a member of the Labour Party for 60 years. I've never in my life found a single member of the Labour Party who was anti-Semitic. No, never, not once. And the, the statistics prove the part. There's only a tiny, infinite, less than 1% that have ever been taken up even. This is a dirty smear which has been invented. It should have been tackled head on. It should have been exposed. For example, the monstrous idea that anti, a person is an anti-Semite because he criticizes the state of Israel. Well, I don't accept that. And by the way, the head rabbi should be asked, what's your position on Jewish settlements in the West Bank? What's your position on the atrocious treatment of the, no, of the Palestinians? Nobody's ever asked this question in any TV interview of anybody. No, it's, 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 this is anti-Semitism. Don't accept it. And it should have been met head on. By retreating, you, you achieve nothing by retreating. Every step back that you take, that these, these individuals demand ten more. It shows weakness, and weakness, my friends, invite, aggre invites aggression. And on the EU, I've already stated that Corbyn and, uh, and the others were pushed into a position, a disastrous position, of in effect uh, supporting, in so many words, supporting a Remain a policy. Not completely, that would have been an utter disaster. No, 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 no. This idea of preserving unity by making constant concessions must cease. It can only lead to disaster, it must be stopped. The rank, and now these people are on the offensive. They really are, they've got the knives out. Constantly, every day on the television, in the press, on the radio, all the time, attacking Corbyn, attacking Corbyn, attacking the left, attacking this, that and the other. All of them. They want to stage a counter-revolution, be warned. These people, these renegades, that's what they are. They want to stage a counter-revolution in the Labour Party. I don't think it will happen, but it will only happen if you, my friends, if we pull ourselves together, I can understand people are disappointed, maybe a bit disoriented and so on, a bit upset. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. Yeah, okay, you can mourn for 24 hours, but we haven't got time because the knives are already out. The war has been declared. The parliamentary right-wing has declared war on the Labour Party. They're pushing their candidates with the support of the mass media as well. There's a danger here, and it's a big danger. If you do not want the Corbyn revolution to be reversed, then you'd better get active. You'd better get stuck into the Labour Party. We must organise ourselves, mobilise ourselves to defend the gains, the big gains to be made by the Labour Party. Now the biggest party in Europe, by the way, as a result of the Corbyn revolution. We must defend this yet and push it further. Carry it to the end. That's, that's my advice. That's our slogan. Carry the Corbyn revolution out to the end. That means that we must show the same determination as the right wing. They're very determined, by the way. They're very determined. They're very aggressive. They're very audacious because they have the support of the capitalist class and the, and the media behind them. We, should, we, my friends and comrades, should show the same determination in staging our revolution from below, from below, to clear out the house. To clear, to take a big broom and clear it out. Through democratic means, through deselection. That's the name of the game. That should be the slogan now. That's our answer to all the vicious campaign organised, the anti-Corbyn campaign organised from the leadership, 
from the parliamentary party itself. That's the only way to deal with the question. Let's clear out this rubble, this rubbish that's in our way, and have a genuine democratic Labour Party controlled by the rank and file, which will preserve the heritage and the genuine ideas of Corbynism, improve them, develop them, and carry the whole position to the end to fight for a Labour government. By the way, this call, I at this point, this uh, victory of uh, Boris Johnson is very fragile. It will not last. He will not be able to carry out his promises, particularly if they go down the road of uh, a no-deal Brexit, which they're on course to do that, by the, by the way. The whole thing will blow up in their face. The swing to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the right, if you like, will be replaced by an enormous swing to the left, and therefore the left must stick to its guns. We don't change course, we develop a, a genuine left-wing policy, fight up until the Labour Party conference, clear out the House and prepare the grounds in a, in a measurable space of time for a Labour victory and a Labour government pledged to real socialist policies to transform Britain in the interest of working people. Thank you for tuning in to Marxist Voice, brought to you by Socialist Appeal, the Marxist voice of labour and youth. Subscribe or download the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes or any major podcast provider. Or visit www.socialist.net for all the latest news, analysis and Marxist ideas.